0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of elbow arthroscopy, indications and approach from the shoulder and elbow section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick introduction, talking about the indications, contraindications, advantages and disadvantages of elbow arthroscopy. Indications for elbow arthroscopy include loose body removal, osteophyte debridement, synovectomy, capsular releases for stiffness, Osteochondritis desiccans of the capitellum, lateral epicondylitis, and debridement for septic arthritis. Contraindications to elbow arthroscopy include prior trauma, surgical scarring, and previous ulnar nerve transposition. Keep in mind that ulnar nerve subluxation is not an absolute contraindication, but it should be identified prior to surgery, especially with prior submuscular or intramuscular transposition. Advantages of elbow arthroscopy include improved articular visualization decreased postoperative pain, and faster postoperative recovery. Disadvantages of elbow arthroscopy include that it's technically demanding and there is a high risk of damage to neurovascular structures due to the proximity to the joint. Moving on to positioning for elbow arthroscopy, patient position may be supine, prone, or in the lateral decubitus position. As far as anesthesia, general anesthesia allows muscle relaxation and placement of the patient in a prone or lateral decubitus position. Regional anesthesia may be used, however, it does not allow for immediate evaluation of nerve function after surgery and patients may not tolerate the uncomfortable position for a prolonged period of time. Now let's talk about the technique and the portals used for elbow arthroscopy. Starting with portal placement technique, fully distend the joint through the lateral soft spot before placing the portals. Capsule distension moves the neurovascular structures away from the joint when the trocar is introduced. Then you will perform a careful nick and spread technique using a hemostat. The posterior medial portal is usually avoided due to the proximity to the ulnar nerve. As far as elbow position, be sure to establish the anterior portals with the elbow flexed 90 degrees, and then establish the portals in some extension. Typical elbow arthroscopy utilizes a standard 30 degree arthroscope. You will use a tourniquet. And remember that solid cannulas are helpful to maintain fluid distension and avoids fluid extravasation into the soft tissues versus a trephonated cannula. Useful landmarks include the olecranon, lateral and medial epicondyles, radiocapitellar joint, and the ulnar nerve. Be sure to mark this out before insufflating the joint as distension can alter position. Now let's do a quick summary of portals. Remember that portal selection depends on the underlying pathology. After joint insufflation, establish either medially or laterally-based viewing portals and then establish the working portal under direct visualization via needle localization. Establishing a medially-based portal first prior to joint-slash-soft tissue swelling may be advantageous to avoid neurovascular injury. Now let's go over the different elbow arthroscopy portals with respect to location, use, and nerves at risk. Starting with the proximal anterolateral portal, as far as location, it is located 1 to 2 centimeters proximal and 1 centimeter anterior to the lateral epicondyle. Nerves at risk with the proximal anterolateral portal is the radial nerve, however, the risk decreases as the portal is moved more proximally. Moving on to the distal anterolateral portal, the location is 1 to 3 centimeters distal and 1 centimeter anterior to the lateral epicondyle. As far as the use of the distal anterolateral portal, this is typically the first portal for supine positioning. The distal anterolateral portal allows you to see the radial head and the medial side of the elbow, coronoid, trochlea, brachialis insertion, and the coronoid fossa. The nerves at risk using the distal anterolateral portal include the PIN and the lateral antebrachial cutaneous nerve. Moving on to the direct lateral or midlateral portal, this is otherwise known as the quote soft spot portal in the triangle formed by the olecranon, radial head, and the epicondyle. As far as the use of the direct lateral or mid-lateral portal, this is the initial site for joint distension before the scope is inserted. It is used for viewing the posterior compartment, which includes the capitellum, radial head, and the radial ulnar articulation. As far as nerves at risk, the direct lateral or mid-lateral portal is relatively safe, however the lateral antibrachial cutaneous nerve may be at risk. Moving on to the anteromedial portal. As far as location, the anteromedial portal is located two centimeters anterior and two centimeters distal to the medial epicondyle. As far as uses, the anteromedial portal is used most often to augment the proximal anteromedial portal to access the medial recess. This will be placed under direct visualization. The nerves at risk with the anteromedial portal include the medial antebrachial cutaneous nerve and the median nerve. Moving on to the proximal anteromedial or superomedial portal. This is located 2 cm proximal to the medial epicondyle and anterior to the intramuscular septum. As far as uses, the proximal anteromedial or supramedial portal is used for viewing the entire anterior compartment, radial head, capitellum, coronoid, and trochlea. The nerves at risk using the proximal anteromedial or superomedial portal include the medial antibrachial cutaneous nerve, the ulnar nerve which is only 7 mm away, and the median nerve. Moving on to the straight posterior or trans triceps portal, this is located three centimeters proximal to the olecranon or the triceps midline in the musculotendinous junction. The straight posterior or trans triceps portal is used when the elbow is partially extended. It's good for removing impinging olecranon osteophytes and loose bodies from the posteromedial compartment. The nerves at risk while using the straight posterior or trans triceps portal include the posterior antebrachial cutaneous nerve and the ulnar nerve. Finally, moving on to the posterolateral portal, this is located two to three centimeters proximal to the olecranon and just lateral to the tricep center of the anconius triangle. The posterolateral portal is typically used when the elbow is in 20 to 30 degrees of flexion to relax the triceps and is used for best access to the posterior compartment and the radiocapitellar joint for debridement of an OCD lesion in the capitellum. It's also used for access to the olecranon fossa and posterior structures. Nerves at risk using the posterolateral portal include the posterior antebrachial cutaneous nerve, the medial brachial cutaneous nerve, and the ulnar nerve. Now let's end this review session talking about complications of elbow arthroscopy. The ones to know include nerve palsy, which occurs in 1-5% to of cases, joint ankylosis-heterotopic ossification, and infection. So starting with nerve palsy, which again occurs in 1-5% to of cases, The greatest risks for nerve palsy include underlying rheumatoid arthritis and in the setting of elbow contracture. As far as specific nerve injuries, transient ulnar nerve palsy is the most common. Radial nerve palsy is the second most common and is at risk from a standard anterolateral portal. The median antebrachial cutaneous and median nerves are at risk from the anteromedial portal. Finally, PIN palsy is at risk from the anterolateral portal. Mechanism of neuropathy can be secondary to direct injury or indirect injury. Direct injury can be secondary to trocars and instrumentation or failure to use blunt dissection, which can cause neuromas. Indirect injury can be secondary to compartment syndrome from aggressive distension and or fluid extravasation, as well as local anesthesia extravasation, which is typically transient. Moving on to joint ankylosis slash heterotopic ossification, this complication is typically less in elbow arthroscopy than in open surgery. However, there is decreased risk when you minimize bleeding. Finally, in terms of infection, one complication of elbow arthroscopy may be sinus tract formation from the posterolateral portal. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. You're performing an elbow arthroscopy on a 35-year-old male heavy laborer for symptoms of a loose body. On physical examination, prior to the surgery, he has difficulty achieving full extension and notes painful popping and catching with flexion. He complains of no other symptoms. An MRI demonstrates a loose body within the elbow joint. In order to remove the loose body, one of the portals you establish is two centimeters proximal and one centimeter anterior to the lateral epicondyle. The procedure goes well and you are able to remove the loose body. If a nerve injury occurred with placement of the described portal, what would be the most likely functional losses on physical examination? And the choices are 1. Loss of wrist flexion, metacarpophalangeal flexion, and interphalangeal extension. 2. Loss of ulnar deviated wrist extension, metacarpophalangeal extension, and interphalangeal flexion. 3. Loss of radial deviated wrist flexion and metacarpophalangeal extension. 4. Loss of wrist extension and metacarpophalangeal extension and five, loss of radial deviated wrist extension and metacarpophalangeal flexion. The correct answer to this question is four, loss of wrist extension and metacarpophalangeal extension. So the described portal is the proximal anterolateral portal which places the radial nerve at risk. Injury to the radial nerve at this level would lead to wrist drop characterized as loss of wrist extension and metacarpophalangeal extension. To quickly review, elbow arthroscopy is indicated for loose body removal, osteophyte debridement, synovectomy, capsular releases, and more. While elbow arthroscopy offers many advantages, it is a technically demanding procedure and there is a high risk of injury to surrounding neurovascular structures. Elbow arthroscopy can be performed in the supine, prone, or lateral decubitus positions and is recommended that the elbow joint is fully distended prior to placing portals and that a, quote, nick and spread technique is used to avoid neurovascular injury. The most common nerve injury is a transient ulnar nerve palsy followed by a radial nerve palsy. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, loss of wrist flexion, metacarpophalangeal flexion, and interphalangeal extension is incorrect as this is not associated with radial nerve injury. This could be a combination of a median AIN and ulnar nerve injury. Answer 2, loss of ulnar deviated wrist extension, metacarpal phalangeal extension and interphalangeal extension is incorrect as this is associated with a PIN nerve injury. Loss of IP flexion would be due to a median or ulnar nerve injury. Answer 3, loss of radial deviated wrist flexion and metacarpal phalangeal extension is incorrect as loss of radial deviated wrist flexion would be due to a median nerve injury and loss of MCP extension would be associated with either a radial nerve or PIN injury. Finally, answer five, loss of radial deviated wrist extension and metacarpal phalangeal flexion is incorrect as loss of radial deviated wrist extension would be associated with a radial nerve injury, but MCP flexion loss would be associated with a median or ulnar nerve injury. And moving on to the final question, which of the following portals is generally not used during elbow arthroscopy? And the choices are one, anterolateral, two, anteromedial, three, posterolateral, four, posteromedial, and five, direct posterior. The correct answer to this question is four, posteromedial. So a posteromedial portal is not often used as it would lie very close to or directly over the ulnar nerve. In the study by Stathers et al., they found that the proximal approaches, that is proximal medial and proximal lateral, are safer than the traditional anteromedial and anterolateral approaches. Unlu et al. describe the relative distances from portals to the neurovascular structures. We'll talk about their measurements as we go over the incorrect responses. So answer choice 1, the anterolateral portal, is 1 cm anterior to the lateral epicondyle at the level of the joint line. The posterior antebrachial cutaneous nerve is an average of 12.6 mm away, and the radial nerve is an average of 4.8 mm away. Answer two, the anteromedial portal is placed two centimeters distal and two centimeters anterior to the medial epicondyle. The medial antebrachial cutaneous nerve is an average of 8.9 millimeters away. The median nerve is an average of 12.9 millimeters away and the ulnar nerve is an average of 22.1 millimeters away. Answer three, the posterolateral portal is located two centimeters proximal to the tip of the olecranon and adjacent to the lateral edge of the triceps tendon and is a safe distance from the medial brachial cutaneous nerve, Posterior antebrachial cutaneous nerve and the ulnar nerve. Finally, answer five the direct posterior or straight posterior portal is located midway between the condyles, about 3 centimeters proximal to the tip of the olecranon, and it is 15 to 25 millimeters from the ulnar nerve. That's all for this review about elbow arthroscopy, indications, and approach. Hopefully, that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets Podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets Podcast so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.